Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Amen. So, this morning, um, briefly, I'm going to more or less continue what we started two weeks ago. Two weeks, this is a month of family life, and then two weeks ago, we started looking at the family, right? This is family alive ministry. We believe the vision God has given us is restoring God's kingdom agenda for families, influencing our world. We believe that when our families are restored, our world will be influenced for Christ. Amen? Um, our world will become a better place. And this is something that's going to take a while. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a few days. But God is still at work. Sometimes the work of God is slow. It looks slow. But um, he's always on time. Hallelujah. Um, when we started, Pastor shared with us that the, the story of the church is the story of God who restores. You remember, I think, our second sermon that God is a God of restoration. Hallelujah. And this month is a month of family life. And um, as I said last week, we introduced the topic by looking at the, how important family is. Um, do you want to tell your neighbor something? Remember from last two weeks, just tell your neighbor something. Hey, fast, let's, let's do a recap. Just tell your neighbor one thing, remember. Let's say your neighbor wasn't in church last two weeks, so tell the person something. Amen. So, I mean, sometimes when you're talking about family, people feel like um, this doesn't apply to them because they, are, they don't have a good story from home. And, um, but we are from a family pastor and we are moving towards one. So uh, we looked at some importance of family. That's one, God's cure for loneliness is through the family. The very first thing that God ever said was not good. After I created everything, everything is good, but I said, it's not good for man to be alone. Are you with me? And then um, we also looked at the fact that God sets the solitary in families um, from Psalm 68, verse 6. We also said the family is a place for learning, the first place of discipleship, a place to learn how to love. Thirdly, we look at a place where great values are developed. Um, we also looked at the fact that a family is a place where purpose is discovered, especially through the word. We ended by looking at how to make our families better. The families are made up of great relationships, um, healthy communities as a result of healthy relationships. Amen. We, looked, we concluded by looking at some family activities that promote great relationships, spending time together. We said I tried to have a meal together. People easily open up over food. We also said you should take vacations. Have you started planning your vacations? Yeah, yeah you should go for picnics. Have you started buying your picnic baskets? Yeah. <laughs> then you should also go for sports events. I remember that when I was younger, uh, my dad is a Hustle Folk fan. So um, I remember we used to go to the stadium. I think at a point it was every Sunday. Uh, or any time there was a home match in Accra. We, that, that was before the stadium disaster. After that, 
he stopped taking me. <laughs> Amen. So you need to plan to have all these things. Think about it. Your offices, your institutions, your organizations, they plan things for the entire year. How much more your family? Where God is going to restore his kingdom agenda through. You need a great plan. Tell anybody you need a great plan. So today I'm going to look at the roles of individuals in a family. Um, I want to read three verses or three portions of scripture. And these verses, you usually hear them at weddings. So when you start hearing them in, on a regular, during a regular church service, it's possible to just close your mind, but it's the word of God. It's, it's not just weddings. Colossians 3, 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Closely related to this portion of scripture is Ephesians 5, to 33. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she might be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Amen. The last portion of scripture. I hope you are not tired yet. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So this morning we are going to look at the roles of the, the man, the woman, and the children. We are going to look at the man as a husband, and as a father, and a woman as a um, mother and a wife, and children as what? As children. <laughs> uh, Bible says, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. One of the first things, men, we have to understand is that in the family we have been commanded by God. One of the things we do, our first ministry in quotes is towards our wives. And Bible is saying that this is our role, we should love our wives. This is a God kind of love. We are talking about agape love here. Unconditional love. This is not about feelings. 
is it this week I, I was watching a video on YouTube and there was an advert between the videos and I saw a, a music video in between. And I just decided, okay, let me look at what they have come to talk about since they, they, they've encouraged me to watch. So I looked at it and it's just a guy and a lady and expressing love. I mean, like they want to, all the songs about how the man loves the woman so greatly. And this is what the world is telling us, that there's a certain feeling, which is true love. It's so bottled up within one guy that he's just looking out for one lady to release all that love to. <laughs> I'm in the house. Yeah. And guess what? This, this wrong... Um, this wrong information is being communicated to the church every day. And pe some people in the church are learning from this. And there are ladies in the church who are looking out for a guy who can love them like what they've seen in music clips. I'm in the house. Yeah. They are just looking for a guy who can sweep them off their feet. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this love is different. Agape is different. The love that God has called men to love our wives is so, so different. Tell anybody it's different. This is the, we've said this here over and over. This is the kind of love that sees the worst in men, but still, love, still loves the people. Amen. This is the love that covers a multitude of sins. Agape goes beyond an emotion or romantic love. It is sacrificial. It is a giving love. It's a generous love. It's a love that does not expect anything in return. It gives without demanding anything. So when you start saying that, you know how I've showed you love, I, need, you've no, I, don't, see what, I don't see your response, then it's not agape. It's something else. I'm in the house. This kind of love is love that persists even when it's rejected. Mm. It is love which is patient, that believes all things, hopes all things. And Bible says the husbands, Love your wives. Not just be nice to them, but love them. Ish. Don't just say good things to them. Love goes beyond saying good things to somebody. It's easy to say good things to somebody. But love goes beyond that. We are supposed to sacrifice for our wives. Are you in the house? Hey, are there some men in the house? Ephesians 5.29 tells us the standard of love. How men are supposed to love their wives. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Just as. Just as. In the same, the, the phrase just as is in the same manner. Ish. This is the great standard the Lord wants us to meet. How did Christ love the church? By giving himself, by dying for the church. Ish. Hmm. And this, you see, Christ's love just did not save us, but Christ's love is what transforms us. So your love is what will transform the woman into that kind of woman you are hoping she becomes. Not just writing that, Ikea, there are 10 things I need you to change about yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says that, but the person's love nourishes and cherishes the wife. Are you in the house? What's the word nourish? The word nourish is to rear up to maturity. It means to bring up. So whatever level you think your wife is at, your love is supposed to bring her up to your expectation. Amen. Because Christ, let's remember that Christ is working on us to make us a, a glorious church. Our weaknesses, our many mistakes, our shortcomings, our promises that we fail to keep, 
the things we say we'll do, we never do, the times we take him for granted, but he still loves the church. You see, no matter how we look at the church today, one thing is obvious, that Christ loves the church because this is his bride and in the house. So in the same way, we must also, husbands, love our wives irrespective of what they are doing. Bible says that we should also cherish them. What does it mean to cherish, to treasure, hold in high esteem, value, hold dearly, care for, appreciate, esteem, look after. Men are in the house. Ephesians 5.29, the uh, Passion Translation tells us that no one abuses his own body but pampers it. Hey, men, we are supposed to pamper our wives. Serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for his church. That's the scripture. It, let's look at <laughs> the Passion Translation. So that will not be like I'm saying something from my mind. 529, the Passion Translation, TPT. You don't have it. Okay, so let me read it for you again. No one abuses his own body, but pampers it. Dash. Serving and satisfying its needs. The women, I thought you say amen at this point. <laughs> That's exactly what Christ does for his church. Amen. So, men, we are supposed to love them. And, men, this is, the, so this is how we love. We love by loving. There's no shortcut. The only way you can love is to... Bible says the love of God is shared up. Agape is in our hearts. So we learn by practicing that love. Amen. We become better at loving when we love. Are you in the house? Yeah. Bible says we shouldn't be bitter towards them. Amplified. Says that husband, love, husbands, love your wives. Be affectionate and sympathetic with them. And do not be harsh or bitter or resentful toward them. Ish. Say, do not be bitter. Do not be dissatisfied. What you are saying is that be content with your wives. Stop comparing your wife to somebody else. You never see how great she is when you keep comparing her to other people. Be content with how she looks. Hey. Be content with her body. Hey. Man, are you in the house? Be content with the taste of her food. Uh, show her you are content by complimenting her tell her that she looks good hey this is a practical month so allow me to you are making look like it's not in the bible what i'm saying is not scripture we have to be practical amen it's a very spiritual thing compliment her some men you only compliment before you marry after marriage you don't compliment yeah so some people do during the courting period, hey, the hair is not nice, but I say it's nice. <laughs> yeah. You see, I can, when the lady says, you've not, she hasn't even sent you a picture, but I say, how you've even described yourself, I can see the beauty. I can imagine the beauty. You see, God, God has just spoken to me about how you look. Yeah. But guess what? We work with our wives, we never compliment them years on. We never say anything. And we rather compliment people outside. So you see a man, you never say that the wife is looking good, but goes out and says, you are looking good. <clears throat> yeah. So sometimes, as Pastor Paul says, how to have a great year, one of the things Pastor Paul told us is that we should appreciate growth over perfection. So your wife is becoming better. See that she's becoming better. See that the food, the salt has reduced. 
You get what I'm saying? See that now that at least the pepper is not too much. So say, oh, honey, the thing is fine. <laughs> She's becoming better. <laughs> Somebody said what? Palm broth soup. <laughs> yeah. Long ago, I heard somebody say that Proverbs 30, is it Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman? He said, it is not a God, it is a goal. So those of you who are looking around, looking for Proverbs 31, there's a high likelihood you never see it. Amen. <laughs> so husbands, let's love our wives that the world will understand what Christ means when he says he loves his church. Are you in the house? So compliments. This year, let's learn to compliment. Men, Learn to compliment your sisters. Also, you marry, you won't compliment your wives. Those who are not married yet, start it now. Ish. A man as a father. So I've spoken about a man as a, a husband, a man as a father. A father is a leader of a home. A leader, leadership is simply influence. A father is a leader, a person of influence. Being a leader goes beyond um, sitting at the table and being saved to show that you're the man of the house. No, you're a man of influence. You're a man who brings direction to the lives of others. When you bring direction, what you are doing is that you are taking away confusion from the life of your wife and your children. When you, when you, when you bring direction, what happens is that you are taking away the, the, your family's ability to make some mistakes. When you stand in your place as a man, as a man who is giving direction, you take away the, the consequences of some mistakes. Amen. You need to be a man of vision. The father is a man of vision. Because your family will come and support your vision. So your, your family should know what your vision is, what you stand for, what you believe, where you see God taking your family. Because your family can... I, men will say that, oh, I, my wife and my children are not supporting me. They don't know where you are going to. So they cannot support you. They must know where you are going to. They must see it clearly stated that this year, 2022, this is the vision for our home. This is where I, I believe God is, is leading us to improve. This is where I believe God is helping us. But if you say your kids are not talking to you, your um, wife is not helping you, they help you when you have a vision. Hallelujah. Yeah, so you need to keep making your vision clear every time. That is why we always say that sitting at the table to have a meal together is an ideal thing. So that during that time, you can review your activities towards your vision. You can check and see your wins. Check and see what you've achieved during the month or during the day. Are you in the house? Yeah. If you're a leader, what you are going to do is you are going to tell the people the role that they are playing. A leader is like a captain of a team. Although you're all on the team, there's a certain responsibility that comes to you that people don't have. Because you are leading. You are the person who is giving direction. And a man who doesn't keep hearing God's voice cannot give direction to other people. A person who has direction cannot be doing guesswork. You need to be someone who really knows what you are doing. You can't gamble with the lives of your family members. Amen. We have to lead in gentleness. Tell your neighbor, lead in gentleness. Yeah, and that way we lead is by being, um, by being role models. We must be the heroes to our families. You must be the man that your wife's siblings who are ladies want to marry. You must be that kind of man that your children, who are the ladies, your, 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 your girls will want to marry. That they can be able to cancel a guy by seeing that, no, this is wrong because of my father. Ish. Hallelujah. And nothing is the fathers are providers. 
Fathers are leaders. They are also providers. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. But Bible says if somebody doesn't provide, a man, he said he can be somebody, he can be prophesying, he can be doing every great and wonderful thing in the body of Christ. But if he doesn't provide for his home, he's almost like an unbeliever. He's worse. He's not even on the same level. And it says that he has, he has actually denied the faith. Ish. Are you in the house? Yeah. What do we mean by provider? A, a provider is somebody who gives financially to your family. You should be able to give to your family. And I believe that this being a provider goes beyond financial giving. It's meeting the needs of every other kind of need of your wife and your kids. So meeting their social needs, meeting their emotional needs. If you meet the emotional needs of your daughters, don't go and fall in love with some kinds of guys. If you meet the emotional needs of your sons, don't go and fall in love with some kinds of ladies. Ish. Yeah. So you must be a provider. Tell you, uh, the guy, look for a nearest guy and look, are you warming up to be a provider? Are you warming up to be a provider? Yeah. The spiritual need to a certain degree must be provided by the man of the house. Yeah, your children cannot come and ask you a question and you say, I'm going to be some mommy. No, you, are the, you, you should bring direction. What do you mean? You, you can't do that. You should be the one who, is, who provides that need. You should be the person who is providing, who is supplying grace and the spirit to your family members. Do it. You, that's, that's your role. Hmm. And Bible tells us in Colossians 3.21 what fathers are not supposed to do. I've told you what we are supposed to do. Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. To provoke somebody is to deliberately make somebody angry or annoyed. Let me, TPT says that, and father, Colossians 3.21, and fathers, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children or else they may be discouraged. Amplified. Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or fret your children do not be hard on them or harass them, lest they become discouraged, sullen or sullen and morose and feel inferior and frustrated. Do not break their spirits. Is it clear enough? Yeah, it says that when you have unrealistic expectations, what you do is that you break the spirit of your children. You provoke them. Hallelujah. There are some fathers who don't, because of how they are perfectionists, they'll never see that their kids are becoming better. Yeah. The person was last, last year in class. But this year, the person is last but one. At least the person is not last. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody told me of how the person can get, when the person was in the university, the person out of five subjects, the person gets four A's and maybe one B. The, the father's concentration is on the B. That why is it that this one, you couldn't get a B? What happened? I, mean, I was saying that maybe if you, when I was in the university, if you gave me the end, like the B, that side alone, you helped me. I don't, I don't yeah. Some fathers never see, look, we should learn to appreciate the effort of our children. Let's see that they are doing well. 
you've corrected them, you've instructed them. They are not doing it to your expectation, but they are doing it better than they used to do it. Hmm. Are in the house? So never be a father. Tell the nearest man, never be a father who is never pleased. Yeah. Such fathers also don't, they don't, they are not interested in, in what's, what's, is the, their kids are interested in. All they are doing is that, like, you, you never say, you, for example, in this part of the world, if you tell your father that you want to be something like an artist, like you want to draw or paint, I mean, it's a, you won't hear the last. Yeah, you won't hear the last. You have to, hey, you, you, go and do science you say you want to go and paint. I mean, you never hear the last. You, you tell your father that you're going to university, you're going to do visual arts and become a painter. Hey! The first thing some parents will do is they go and compare you to their friends, their kids. Yeah. They are, they are lawyers. People are being lawyers. They want to paint. Yes. Meanwhile, some of these paintings, and some, now some of these people paint, one painting is the lawyer's uh, first quarter salary. Yeah. I'm telling you, just one painting. It's a lawyer's, the whole quarter, January, February, March. Yes. Or half the year. Or perhaps maybe the person's the person the painter's tight is the lawyer's salary. Yeah. And initially some parents will find settings, but later on they see the person's flourishing. So I knew it. I just knew, I just knew you had that all along. I mean, when you were a kid, I saw that you were drawing on the floor. So I knew, I just I, I just you don't know what I just knew there was something deep within. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So fathers, learn to listen to your sons. What interests them? What are you interested? What, what gives you joy? Yes. Because we are, some of us are in CY, we see how you see somebody who is serving so much and the person is so much into CY and one of the people who is fighting this person is you go and check is their parents. Some of these parents don't even want to go and see what my child is doing that keeps my child. That gives my child so much joy when the person is going. They, they don't want to listen. They, no, no. It's their expectation. What you do is that you break their spirit. And guys, some of us, we are sitting here and our parents have done it to us. Don't do it to the next generation. Don't crush the spirit of the next generation. Are you in the house? Are you sure you are here? Yeah. Amen. So let's go to woman. Woman as a wife and mother. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Amen? The Ephesians part says that wives submit to your own husband. The first one is the Colossians 3.8. And the second one is Ephesians 2. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Ask to the Lord. What is submit? The ancient Greek word submit, translated submit, is essentially a word borrowed from the military. It literally means to be under rank. It speaks of the way that an army is organized among levels of rank. Are you in the house? Yeah. Meaning that God has set in rank that the man is the head. It doesn't mean that the man is smarter. Or the, the head is not the, what, what I'm saying, the, the head is not the smarter one. The one who is the PhD holder. So when we come to the house, we, for us to determine who the head is, we want to see the one who went to university outside. No. No matter what God's order is that wherever, the man could have been a third class student. Some of those struggle to pass, but he is the head. Man, I thought you'd be excited now. Hey. That's the order of God. It says that as is fitting to the Lord. 
So a woman's submission, you, the, the goal of a woman's it has everything to do with Jesus. So you don't submit because the man deserves it, but because the Lord has commanded it. So the woman's submission is, is, is actually her normal Christian way of living. So it's her, she's acting as a disciple by even submitting to the man. So before looking at the man, you are acting as a disciple, you are submitting. That's why women, you have to look beyond, you have to go beyond looks to determine whether you are accepting a guy. Because if you cannot submit to him, then don't say yes to him. Because you have to respect the word of God by submitting, by coming under rank. Amen. So submission is that which honors the Lord because that is what is required. Everything God requires, like how men are supposed to love their wives, that's what honors the Lord. So in submission to, what happens is that you are honoring the Lord. Amen. So it's a part of the woman's duty to the Lord. What does another version say? The Passion Translation. Let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband. For this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Hey, supportive and tenderly devoted. Amen. You know, one of the roles that was given to a woman is in Genesis 2 that she was made a helpmate. What modern translations will say, a helper. So you've been called to be a helper. Amen. How do we become a woman? How do you become a helper to your husband? By being an encourager. You give him confidence and support and hope. Encourage him with your words. Hey. Don't pull him down. What I'm saying is that be his number one fan. There are times he's going to fall. There are times his business will not go well. Be his helper. You help him by helping him stand when he falls. You also help him by, by holding his hand so he can aspire to greater heights. And you can do this just by being an encourager. Yeah. But... Before people marry, everywhere the guy is going, the woman wants to go. I'm going to buy soap. I'll go and see you off. I'm going to buy things in the market. You see people, you see them walking in the market. Yes. But you see this, this lady who follows this guy. Now they are married. The guy says, I've started a construction something. The woman will never show up. Sometimes the day of inauguration and the woman has come. Dressed fully. To show that she, she has been supporting all along. Women, one of the things you have to do, one of the things men like is when you show us that you are interested in what we are interested in. Yeah, so you go where, where we are working. Hey, men, you should be, you should be excited when I'm saying these things. <laughs> hmm. Hallelujah. Encouraging when you start a business. Tell him you can do it. Look, say the things so much that the guy is even scared. When started being said, look, I see this business, I see us supply things to the U.S. When the guy said, no, I'm supplying things to the schools in Ablekuma East or Ablekuma West. No, one day I see you sending this same stationery to America. Hallelujah. Yeah, believe. Sisters, believe in that and encourage him. Be the one who lifts him up. Wonder whether you, you be a helper or you, 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 you support him is by being a praying wife. That's one of the best supports you can give to your husband. Don't be a wife who doesn't spend time praying for your husband. You see, men go through many things. Men go through many battles. Because the devil knows that once he's able to hit the leader of the home, 
he's able to get access to the rest of the members. So most of his attack will be towards the man. The reason why we have society, I mean, Pastor Al shared with us stat- statistics from the U.S. You see that 80% of those who maybe are, are rapists, their father was in there. 80% of murderers did not have a father growing up. So the devil knows that once he's able to do this, he can get more people. So what we need to do is to pray for men. Be a praying wife. Not a wife who just says, I'm praying with you and doesn't pray. No, be praying. And this will involve the sacrifice of sometimes waking up early. Yes, dedicating some time to pray. Hmm. Hallelujah. So let me go to the, the woman as a mother. Hey. And our role is to nurture the children, to build the godly character in them. Because not that you are a supporting priest at home. Woman, don't leave the spirituality just to your husband. That, oh, they say he's the head. So everything, prayer, oh, your father, there, he pray for you. No. You see, the reason why you must, be, you must be support this is because whether we like it or not, in many homes, the woman ends up spending more time with the kids than a man. Even from birth, breastfeeding, it's a lot of time. So already from birth, from the onset, the woman starts spending more time with the children. So what you can do is that these values that we're talking about, you should take it upon yourself that I'll help build values in the kids. I'll help nurture them. So what is discussed as a family, areas that we we say we are going to grow up spiritually, what you do is that you should follow up and check the application of the things that we are doing. So you ask that, Daddy said we should have our quiet time. Have you done it? What about you? What about Where's your quiet time? Have you prayed today? Have you ensured that this is done? Because the head gives direction and the woman is there to help all of us follow that direction. Amen. So teach the children how to honor their father by being an example of honor yourself. Because one of the very first people your children are going to see relating with, your, with their dad is you as a woman. Don't see the secretary relating with their dad first. It's you. It's you. So it must be an example of honor. You must start honoring them. And your children must see that this, this, is a, this is the leader of the home. This is God's priest in the home. So let's honor them. You can't be a woman who is going around honoring your pastors and you don't honor your husband at home. You are, it's, it's the wrong thing you are doing. Honor starts from home, not in the church. Honor starts in the family. Anna starts, COVID came to teach us that the practice of Christianity is the home. Because they stopped us from going to church or from gathering. The test, discipleship now came to the home. Everything had to happen in the home. We all locked in the home. So what you do is that women, this is a very important point. I hope you've written it down. That you have to teach your children how to honor their father by you being an example. When you are a rebellious wife, or when you show a lot of dishonor to your husband, what will happen is that your children will never respect the man. I can tell you that. So father and mother together, parents, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, I always used to think about this scripture, train up a child in the way he should go, so you determine the way he should go. But it goes beyond that. He said that the way he should go, not the way you have decided for him to go. So there's a way he should go. 
based on the person's talents, the person's gifts. That's why parents, you should discern, you should pray and know the way he should go. Then you train him to go in that way so that he will not depart from that way. And that is our call as parents. When our children don't go in the way they should go, we have to be answerable to God. So we have to train them the way they should go. Are you with me? And this, we've spoken about it. Discipleship, teaching values. Hmm. Hallelujah. This is a great assignment. So let's finally look at children and we can close. Colossians 3.20 Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Ephesians, that's Colossians 3.20. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Colossians 3.20, good news translation puts it this way. Children, it is your Christian duty to obey your parents always, for that is what pleases the Lord. Bible says of Jesus that God was always with him because he did those things that always pleased his father. So, the, so one of the ways as young people, especially those of you who are living in your home with your children, with your parents as children, one of the ways to cultivate God's presence or to ensure that God is with you is obey. Because it pleases the Lord. And once it pleases the Lord, the Lord will be with you. Jesus said, the Father has not left him because he's always with me. Because I always do the things that please him. So we must learn to walk in obedience. Tell anybody, it's time to learn to walk in obedience. Hmm. So it's God's order for us to walk. Obedience brings glory to God. Obedience brings our true love for our parents. Right? How many of you want to prove to your parents that you love them? It's not just sometimes in buying things. It's in obeying them in the Lord. Amen. Pastor says that the obedient child gains the attention without demanding it. One of the ways to always get the attention of your parents is be the obedient child. Ish. And we've looked at the fact that there are two blessings of being obedient. That it shall be well with you and you will live long. Hey. Is this not why every dawn you see people exercising, jogging? They want to live long. Is this not why people are on diets and all that? Why? They want to live long. All those things are good because the Bible says that physical exercise profits a little. But I'm telling you what profits much. <laughs> to live long, obey your parents. Walk in obedience. In the Lord. Yes. Once what they are saying, you realize that this is in conformity with Scripture. Unless they say something like, go and drink, or something that destroys your life. That is different. But once you realize that this, what you are doing is in reference to the Lord, you should do it. Are you in the house? Yeah. Walk, learn to walk in obedience to them. Sometimes, your parents might say something, realize that oh, in some way, parents, when they say things, just understand them. Sometimes they don't want you to speak back at that instant. You can always go back and have a certain kind of discussion. Then, oh, you said this, but I want, a, I want clarification. Then you say, oh, why do it, what if I do it this way? 
sometimes when you go and give an option, your parents will realize that truly what you, what you are saying is, is a better option. So children, work in wisdom when it comes to obedience. I said, those of you, I mean, and this kind of obedience is when you are not married, you are still in the same home with your parents. But to honor them, you must honor them till Jesus comes. Are you in the house? To honor their parents, that one doesn't end when you are married. You, keep, you need to keep honoring them, keep respecting. You don't honor them because they are good. You honor them because God says it is a good thing. So you don't honor them because they've given you a reason to honor them. You honor them because this is God's demand or this is what God requires of us. Hallelujah. So in summary, we've looked at the roles of the man as a father and as a husband. Are you in the house? Oh, are you in the house? Yeah, then we looked at the woman as a what? As a wife and as a mother. Then we looked at children as what? (laughs) Children as obedient children. Are you in the house? Yeah, so guys, look, no matter what is happening in your family, that's why you are there. You are the agent of change in your family. Small, small, we'll get there. It's possible that the story in your family is way, way open. There's nothing good. But look, that is why God has given us this vision. Restoring. There's a restoration. It's something God is doing. And he wants us to respond. Are you in the house? Yeah. And I pray that as we follow this, we'll become better family people. Our family life is going to become better. And we'll be true examples to our societies and to the world at large. Let's rise up to our feet. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.